Welcome to Foundation and Family, the Erica Diaz Show, where real estate wisdom meets family life. I'm Erica Diaz, here to share stories, insights, and inspiration for building homes and nurturing hearts. Let's dive in together. So today's episode, we're talking about family and who better to talk to than my husband. So welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You want to introduce yourself or do you want me to It's very rare that I'm on this side of the interview process. Yeah. So I, so I do morning radio in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I've been in radio for now the past 26 years. And so. I don't know if I've ever interviewed you. Okay. Well, this is going to be good because I do, I, I am inspired by the work that you've put into this and I'm very proud of you. I just want to say that right now for everybody. Thanks. Yeah, that's official. Thanks. Um, what's your name? Okay. So my name is Obi Diaz, married to this beautiful woman, Erica Diaz. Yep. And we've been married how long? So this will be 17 years. What? But together for more than that, because I think we even moved in together way before we got married. And yeah, we dated for like five years before we got married. So like 22 years. Did you tell the world how we met? I have not told the world. Did how you tell met. the world how you bamboozled me? How did I bamboozle you? So you bamboozled me when I well, called. Hold on. Wait, I did tell the world how we started dating. But okay. I think you're so, you t- so you told them about where I no, rented. No, no, I didn't tell them about how we met. I said, because that okay. was that was months in between where we met and then where we started dating. But OK, you can talk about well, the, probably even a year. Probably. Okay. So, uh, in the newspaper, I was uh, living with, uh, the guy who I did a night show with, we had turned into morning show guys. And, uh, I was looking through the newspaper and in the back of the newspaper was an ad for one of downtown's high rises. It was was one of the, one of the very first ones ever. And I called, I'm a radio DJ. I know that I can't afford to live in this place. I know it. I called anyways, just because I was curious. You picked up the phone. I did. And I explained to you, I just said, I know I, I, I was so honest with how much I made and that I couldn't afford to live there. And you had brought me up there anyways, which makes sense because you, weren't you like a top seller in Girl Scout cookies when you were young? Yep. Okay. So you sold me right into that building. And when I yep. got there, which by the way, was a 20 minute drive. Uh, I got there. In your you really were, good car, by the way. It's a crappy Toyota Celica. Yeah. Uh, so when I got there, you weren't even there. No. So I felt so embarrassed that I, A, I didn't make enough money. B, that I was in this place that I knew that I couldn't afford. C, you weren't there. And D, it was the manager who had come to address me. So I was very embarrassed. And, uh, that was Jody, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was Jody. Okay. And I was very embarrassed. And I said, listen, I can't, I can't afford to live here. Like, I'm so sorry that I even wasted your time. There was this girl who told me to come up here and I was just coming to, ch- I I'm so sorry. And she was like, no, 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 just, no, no. Like you came up here. You spent this time to come up here. Like I, I can take you around. I was like, no, the freaking manager of the place is going to take this guy who's broke around. And uh, anyways, I'm glad it was a godsend because she had the power by the time we were done with our conversation and she had taken me for a tour she had the power to say, you know what? I like people who have uh, a, a little bit of a reach to live in this building. She said, so, you know, we've got a couple of people who work for the magic and a couple of people who just people who worked all over downtown. And she said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find a way to get you in this building. And she did. And at that point you were dating somebody. We, I wasn't even interested in anybody. I was just happy to be living downtown. I was a bachelor living it up. Correct. Sixth floor. Y'all got me in at some discounted rate. Well, you were looking at the 408, so you had the worst of the worst views, but yeah. But for somebody who had a loud apartment, it was great. 
And then it, the reason why I say it was a, it was a year in is because I had lived there for a little bit. I kept coming down to the office to pay rent, flirted with every girl down there. Every single girl in the office. And uh, they kept pointing me to you, but you already had a boyfriend and I was, I, I, I was out playing the field. I'm just being honest. And um, so a year goes by, you and I kept getting closer because we kept joking and whatnot. And uh, that's when you made an, another thing happen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 I did make another thing. I'm, happen. I'm trying to not reveal that much, but anyways, um, you, you made another thing. I just happen made a phone brought, call. With, I just with, made a phone call one night. And, and, it, and it brought us ridiculously close. <laughs> there are men out there who, um, who work two years, three years sometimes to get this close. And within a phone call. Uh, but nevertheless, that phone call led to us hanging out a lot more. And yes. I remember I even hung out with another girl one time. And I remember feeling so guilty about it. I, I knew that's when I thought that we should be an item because I felt so guilty for hanging out with that other girl. And you and I weren't even official that I came back to you and I told you everything. I said, I hung out with this girl and I mean, nothing happened, but I was, I felt that, that guilty. And what did you say to me? Do you even remember? Well, I don't know because that story doesn't really align. So I don't know if we're just being PC because if that was the night you forgot about hanging out with that girl, then I was like, yeah, that's fine. But I don't want to go through that. Again. Yeah. You said you didn't want to go through that. And I yeah. said, I didn't want to be that. So yeah. I was not going to be that. And, right. and then we and then things got more serious. Exclusive. Yeah. So we, yeah, we dated a while though, I think before we became exclu exclusive and I still had a boyfriend in the very beginning. And then do you remember when I broke up with my boyfriend and I told you, Oh, I broke up with my boyfriend and you were like, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if, if we're being really, really honest, I mean, yes, the minute that you broke up with your boyfriend, I knew that that probably meant that you were coming after me, like to, to lock it down. But I didn't come after you to lock it down. You didn't? Nope. I didn't. Okay. Well, anyways, let's fast forward to, uh, <laughs> four kids. So yeah, so four kids. And then, uh, so before we had Zach, I think that this is, this was a pivotal moment in our marriage too, because you, you really watched out for me. Uh, there'll be many reasons as to why I won't cheat. And that's because a, a lot of women out there who think that it's cool what I do for a living or who I am as a person, they didn't go through the downs. There's a lot of downs that you went through with me. And okay. So first was, uh, okay. We decided to have a kid. I wanted to prolong that. So I said, let me go ahead and get a physical. Right. When I went to go get the physical, that's when they found out that I had to have open heart surgery. And it was quick. I remember you sleeping and they called me because everybody calls me for you. And I had to wake you up and they're like, he needs to come to the doctor right now. He needs to have open heart surgery. And I was like, what? You don't know what you're talking about. You're a PCP. But it was quick. Like from yeah. that, from that to having surgery. And then we were able to get pregnant because I wanted to get pregnant, especially at that point, like we're going to have a kid because you're going to have open heart surgery. And I remember the doctor saying like, Erica's got to do all the work. And you're like, can I get that in writing? And I was like, I have to leave right now. So I don't know if anybody got that connotation, but I sure you, understood you had it. You to do all the work for sexy time. I had to sit back <laughs> and just enjoy because I was an open heart surgery patient. Yeah. 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 So that was um, doctor's orders. Super fun. But, uh, but that was big. That was big going through the recovery. I remember one time in recovery, uh, I had taken two, almost three months off of work because we kept having complications, all my fault, because I kept trying to go back to some of the substances that I really enjoyed. Uh, but because of those complications, uh, I went through like a little spout of depression. Yeah. 
where yeah. I stayed in the house and I was like, no one's going to remember me. Like, I, I remember these were big, big things to me. Like, nobody's going to remember me. I've been off the air now for two months. And, and you know, this is before social media was as big as it was. And you sent your maintenance man to come have a, a talk to me. And your maintenance man came to the house, knocked on the door. I remember it was all dark. I had like a blanket over my head. And I'm like, yes, come in. And he came in and he was like, hey, so your wife sent me over here to have a talk with you about this uh, this feeling that you're having. And he's like, what's going on? So I started explaining to him and he said, okay, I got one thing to tell you. Stop being a little bitch. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, Oh, what was he said, yeah, stop being a little bitch. He's like, put your big boy pants on. He's like, you're supposed to be the leader of this family. He's like, I went through this shit too. And you're going to have to, you know, just kind of go through this. And yeah. he was so frank. And that's the only reason why I used that curse word is because he was so frank to me that it was exactly what I needed. It was the prescription that I needed to get my butt out of that muck that I was in. Yeah. And then uh, I was able to get out of that. But to your credit, like there were couple setbacks that were pretty hard for, you know, I look back at that girl, that 26 year old girl and that maybe 27 year old guy, like we were babies and we were going through some really hard, heavy stuff. Like, I know you don't like to discuss it, but you did go into cardiac arrest and kind of pass out at the radio station. Like yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's kind of a real thing. And then just to be pregnant journeying through that. I mean, that's some real stuff. So I think back to those kids and gosh, those kids had a lot to go through. Uh, well, and then we fast forward to the alcoholism. You were there for that too. And that was something that, that just got that deep for years. <laughs> well, well we, these are, these are big moments. Okay. So if life is a cookie, yep, you can either have a sugar cookie, which is, which is really plain. And it's a good cookie. It's a good cookie. Nothing wrong with the sugar cookie. But our life is like a chunky, rocky road. It's got almonds. It's got chocolate. It's got, we've got a lot of stuff that I think is important that makes the cookie of our life. If I'm going to stay on that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You're an alcoholic. Was. Was. You what? Well, yes, you were. That and, was fun. Uh, and for many years, for many years. Yes. Many times. And I'm saying this publicly that there were many times that I embarrassed you and just, I'm able to look back at those moments now and just kind of, I don't know. Just, I, I just cherish you to the more because of all the crap. Thank you. I love you. Yes. Um, it's funny because now on the team, I actually have someone who worked with Obi for 20 years and she knew stories from the radio perspective of his behaviors and alcoholism. And I had my version cause I was living in it. Um, he was never physical or abusive or anything like that. Just wild. And, uh, it's funny to hear her perspectives today versus what my perspective was. And it's not like contentious or anything like that. It's Why? just what, what different. Is, what does she say? Well, there's, I mean, there's just stories of, it was a big topic in the building when you broke your neck and flipped your truck. It's a big, big topic. Wild little party boy and can't get his crap together. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then I'm kind of on the opposite end of that where I arrive at that scene and three out of the four officers on that call happen to be my clients. And so I'm mortified, but I've got a broken neck husband and three kids in the back. I think back to that little girl and I think, God, life has been challenging, but yeah. it's been beautiful. It's, it has been beautiful in the mess for sure. I wouldn't change when I look, too much when, of and it. I, I look at God's grace over all of it. 
Like over all of it, like what are the odds that those officers would have been your clients? What right. are the odds that I would have survived that, that wreck? Right, right. What are the odds that he would have had you send me somebody with the appropriate language to get me out of a depression? Like, right. I, like I look at all that and I'm like, that's God's grace. That's God's grace. That was God's grace too. Yeah. But I think that's the beauty of like knowing Jesus and learning what grace is and not like what a punishment is. Cause in those moments, our walk with Christ wasn't nearly as strong as it is today. And I don't know that we viewed you breaking your neck or the alcoholism or any of that as like grace. It was more like, why, why? Well, and okay. So that's actually a really good lesson for me, right? Like as I preach to myself often, um, you know, the grace, like God's grace is just, it, it's a lesson. So, so yes, it was a lesson, but it's a lesson to get you out right. to the better area where he's got you. Yeah. He's got, he's got better plans for us. And sometimes he's got to slap us around a little bit to get us back on board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got those slaps. Okay. So fast forward. Cause you went from when we met, you were doing property management. Yep. I was. Then for a time you even were a property manager. Yeah. For a couple properties. Yeah. But then in the last episode, I kind of talk about how I got into real estate. And since we already went to alcoholism, I might as well just go ahead and tell you the reason I got into real estate was so I could leave you. Um, that's super fun. <laughs> um, I needed to make enough money to support me and the three kids because I didn't trust you to be around and alive for those three kids because you were wild. So my goal was to make 100000 and when I hit that goal, I realized how expensive three kids were. And I thought, oh, wow, a hundred's not enough. So then, you know, I made more. And I think we kind of got to an impasse where I got to a point because of real estate and what it provided for me uh, that I could say enough's enough. And I'm ready to do this on my own without you. So then when did it switch? I know. Uh, I don't remember what the last episode was that made it happen. Oh, I know. What? Well, I don't want to say it on camera. Go ahead. Though. I mean. So I'm sitting at the boathouse with my best friend who says, well, the last time I saw your husband, X, Y, Z, and I was like, huh? So our, your parents were living with us at this time. And we had just finished, finished the guest house and it was beautiful. Yeah. And I called you and I called them and I said, uh, I'll be home in an hour and there's a family meeting and y'all will all be in attendance. And it was late and they were like, what? And then, so they were like texting, like, is there something we should know? And I said, well, talk to your son. I am just done with this. And so I arrive home, the children were in bed and all of us are sitting in the living room. And I said, I'm done. This is it you three can stay in the house and I'm taking the children or I can keep the house and you three can leave. And then that very next day I left for a dance competition. And then like the next day you called and you're like, I think you're mad at me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not mad at you anymore. I'm done. And you were like, Oh, come on, Erica. And I was like, no, I'm done. I'm not mad at you. This is done. And then you got sober. Like, who thought you were going to do that? I didn't think so. I mean, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's another miracle story. That's another story where after all that, 
And uh, what ends up happening is that you you can only mess up so many times, right, before everybody's pointing a finger at you. And then at that point, you realize, okay, so I've got I got to make some adjustments. Uh, and that's when I locked myself in our master bedroom, and I kind of looked up into the heavens, and I said, okay, God, uh, you apparently need me to change something, and I'm coming to you telling you that this is what makes me more fun. It makes me more bold. It bolsters my character. It, 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 it gives me the umph that I need whenever I hit the stage. All the world's a stage. That's why I need it all the time. But if you want it gone, you're going to have to go into the depths of wherever the root of my alcoholism is, wherever the desire comes from that I, that I want this thing, that I need this thing. I'm giving you permission to, to, to take it. To just pluck it out of there. Yeah. And that was it. And I mean, it literally happened like that. Because I I think back to it and I think like, okay, so obviously I stayed and then you quit drinking and everybody asks me like, was that hard? Was he grouchy? Sometimes I think, well, he's always grouchy. Um, So I didn't didn't notice the difference. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, But no, it really wasn't hard for me. And it was different. And you had there were times in the past where you're like, Oh, I'm going to quit drinking. Cause that threat didn't come. That wasn't the first time that I threatened that I was like done. I think when you broke your neck, I was like, yeah, I'm done. And you would be like, well, I'm going to count bottle caps of beers and I'll put them in my pocket. Just beer, no just, wine, just, just, just count the pockets. No liquor. But the problem was you had a bottle of vodka hidden in the garage that you were just straight drinking. So even though you're counting caps of beer, you're still taking swigs of vodka. I really enjoyed it. And, and that, so that's how I know it's a miracle. That's how I know it's a straight up miracle is because I really enjoyed it. It was easy to sneak around, still would be. Yeah. And I don't have a desire for it. Like I, and I don't understand why, like even be, like I, you know, you see in TVs, uh, TV shows and movies uh, where people have, it and they have to like stay away. Oh, I can't, it triggers me or, you know, even the smell of it. Oh, I can't because it brings me back to the, none of that happens with me. So that's, that's how I know it's a straight up miracle and God's timing is perfect. It is. It is. Well, and it's funny now, too, because I never really drank that much. I mean, maybe I started drinking a little bit more when you stopped because I was like, oh, watch this. Um, but the kids sometimes don't remember all of the things that you did. And sometimes they think I'm an alcoholic. Which, which again, is-, is God's grace. The kids, the kids, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that they think that you, yeah. okay, so mom has like one or two glasses and the kids are like. A month. The kids are like, mom, you need to, can we hide this bottle? I'm like, guys, you don't even understand. Wine, first of all, that's nothing compared to what your dad was doing, but they don't have any memories no, of that. They don't which, have any context of it. Which that is God's grace. That it the is. kids don't remember it dad. Is. Oh my God, I would drink all the time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. But it's funny because you do come to my rescue and say, your mom's not an alcoholic. Like she's just not, she's just leave her alone. Let her have a glass of wine. She's fine. So that is fun that you do okay. come to my rescue. But, so, well, what, what else do you want to cover? Because I want to get into when you started doing real estate. Oh, well, okay. Well, the last thing I think we'll add about your sobriety is that through that, um, I feel like it played a huge role in blessing us with our fourth child, because there's no way I would have had a fourth child with you. But through that sobriety, we were able to adopt our fourth, which had always been on my heart. And that's a bigger story for another day. But it was such a blessing because of your lack of alcoholism that we now have our fourth child who is who looks just like me, which is so funny. 
And he's just so perfect. He really Which means is. He's look, he looks something like me. Right. But the other kids look like you. So, I mean, is it fair that I got one to look like well, me? Well, and he's a miracle story, too. He I, I, I yeah. You know, I'm going to say that a couple of times. And, 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 you know, from here on forward, I think that that's the job is, is for us to, to blatantly talk about the miracles that are happening today. Because... You think of miracles and you think about the blind person seeing. You think about the, the the person with the arm that's that's lame, stretching out. You think about the person who can't walk. But miracles are legit happening. Like, I, I didn't want to adopt. When you and I first got married, that was always in your passion. It, somewhere in your wheelhouse, you wanted to adopt. Even before we got married, I shared that with you. And you were like, nah, I got good stuff. I got I'm good genes. I'm Puerto Rican. You want to make babies? We can make babies. Yep. Yep. And, that's uh, what he said. And I remember it was it was years later. You hadn't talked about it for years. You hadn't talked about it. Uh, it's even funny because the church that we go to is probably one of the biggest uh, uh, proponents of adoption Absolutely. and foster care. Yep. So I remember even the pastor talking a couple of times about adoption. And I would pinch you and be like, don't even think about it. Don't even <laughs> think about it. Don't. And then one day before my morning show starts, I do a Bible study before every morning. And uh, the Lord struck me hard with with all the beautiful blessings that he's blessed us with from our house to our family circles to our friends and how we need to share that. And I knew exactly what he was talking about when all that happened. And then that was the morning that I called you in tears. And I was like, okay, you get what you want. But it looks like you get what you want. And you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? But the funny thing was that call came and I talked about it on an earlier episode, but that call came before your second open heart surgery, which happened five, six years ahead of schedule. So there was another major roadblock that came into that. So we had to get through that before because yeah. we started originally the process as you were gearing up again. And then I was like, wait, 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 maybe we just put a pause on this. We've got to have open heart surgery way ahead of schedule. And so we had to get through that. And so the adoption journey was long and hard. I mean, but it was, it's beautiful. So, but let's talk about how I got into real estate. What did you want to talk about with that? Just the way that you started. I mean, I think it's easy for people to see a brand. I think it's easy for people to see this, um, and to say, wow, okay. You know, uh, did that happen overnight? And no. I remember you having an office in our house, which right now is Oliver's bedroom. Yeah. And that was an office where you had two agents, a, a copy machine in there, and you guys were doing everything from the house. Yeah, but if you even go back further than that, when I first started, I was working full time as a property manager. And so, you know, everyone wants to like microwave their business and like cook it in it three fast. minutes yeah. where we had to slow bake this thing and it did take some time. So I was working full time as an agent or as a property manager. And then I would be working late into the night, driving kids around, locking them in the car. And then I remember you coming to me and saying, I don't care how much money you make. I don't want to buy a boat if you're not going to be on it. And I was like, well, now what? So that was kind of for me where I started to pray and God kind of led me to start a team. And then we start working out of the house, which is funny because you're trying to nap because of your schedule. You yeah. come home, From you know, 10, show. 11 o'clock in the morning, you're napping. The office is attached to our master bedroom. So like, and it's active in it, it, the office is active. You're there and it just gets to be a lot. It gets to be too much at one point, but it's cool. I knew to follow. I mean, you know, there's a lot of times where you come up with some really, really crazy projects, honey. You really do, but I follow along because not often are you wrong, uh, and a lot of times it is a, a wicked, crazy adventure. So that's true. It's always an adventure. 
That's true. You want to talk about how we manage real estate life and radio life and then family life? Uh, I mean, straight up, straight up, it is a circus. Yeah. It's a circus. Yeah. But we are trying, or I am trying to get better at the calendar and using the calendar. And I did mention previously that we do leverage some help at home because there's no way we could get through a day with four kids being in basketball, being in volleyball, being in swim, and then sweet little Oliver, he's in swim and he does have some therapy appointments and he does go to school. Quite honestly, that fourth kid, he needs his own handler crew because he's so busy. So yeah. we do have to leverage some help with that, but it, it works. It is busy. Okay, so Oliver's gotta be in therapy Why? Because he does take two different therapies and, and well, I, I don't think he needs them. But as long as the government is taking care of it, because he is adopted, he does come with some, uh, uh, a traumatic entry into the planet. He does. he does. So there are certain things that we're trying to watch out for. So this way we're ahead of the game instead of being behind the game and being like, wow, we should have had him in blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Well, it started when we got him when he was six days old and he just had a slow suck swallow response. So it's funny to think about putting a six day old in speech therapy, but that's essentially what it was. And they would come to the house six days a week or uh, six times a day, excuse me. And I remember you looking at me saying, are we paying for her to come here six times a day? And I said, hey, listen, just watch her do this to him. And if you can do it half the time, I will do it half the time. And she did it to him and she holds him down and she shoves her hands all in his mouth and he's screaming traumatically. He's already had a traumatic entrance to this planet. He's just meeting us. And you were like, oh, you should keep that girl coming here. Yeah, um, I was going to stick my uh, hands in his mouth like that. We're not going to do that. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want him to associate this bit of torture what he perceives with us, with me and you, we yeah. needed to build a relationship and bond with him. And so he's just remained in speech therapy, which I think has been tremendous for his development. Um, and then he's in physical therapy and occupational therapy, but he does really well with everything. We're just a little probably overprotective and proactive because anything I do is usually like to the nines. It's never just, Let's just dabble in it. Let's just all the way. We're all in or we're all, all out. When it's good. At least we're doing <clears> what <throat> it takes. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think it will be interesting as he grows up uh, just to see this one compared to the other kids. Yeah, will be. It will be. Uh, Oliver's going to be interesting watching him grow up. Well, I think what's going to be cool is the dynamic of Zach will be able to drive. Yes. Kennedy will be able to drive. Yes. Maybe Presley at that point, too, once Oliver needs assistance to swim or soccer. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah, no, it'll be helpful. And it, it already is helpful because the big kids do help us tremendously. Um, Kennedy loves to cook, which I love that she loves to cook. We're forcing Zach to cook too. So this way as a young man, he can learn some of those things. Yeah. Well, I just want him to have life skills because I hear so many of our friends send their kids off to college and nobody knows how to like call and make a doctor's appointment. So we do make or encourage or make them do a lot of those things for themselves because we want successful um, contributing members of society as they grow up. What are our dreams? I don't know if we've ever discussed like our dreams, you know, kids go off and do what they do. Like what, what's, what's the next thing for us? Well, I think I tell you what our dreams are <laughs> and whether you like them or not, but I tell you that I want to be on mission as the kids get older. You know that. And I know you're like, oh gosh, what does that mean? Because well, so, you want to go to like 
other countries and I just got to prepare myself for that. You know, yeah. if we're going to Ethiopia, we're going to, you know, Honduras, like, you know, you got to prepare for certain things. Yes. And- but I'm giving you a 10 year warning because we have a two year old at home. So as the kids leave and we get to retire, absolutely. We're not going to retire. We're going to, I'm going to be on mission, which I would hope my husband is there with me. And that doesn't mean we're there full time. I mean, we go a couple times a year and we go to different places and we pour back into those communities. So, and I want to take the kids on some, I, well, I said, I thought we were doing it next year. There's a family missions to Guatemala. And so we, and we can even take the baby. So, and it's a shorter flight. So that's, we hear all the time, people go on these mission trips and they come back changed and they come back and they're like, I want to do this. Like I want to do this. Yeah. But I think that God has blessed us with the jobs and the careers that we've had. And we've been very successful in both of those. And what better way to honor him but to give back into his Mm -hmm. kingdom. And so Mm -hmm. for me, my future is on mission. Of course, I want my husband there, but the more immediate future is being a mom and being present. There's an event tonight and a couple years ago, I probably would have missed our son's basketball game, but tonight I'm choosing to let some of the team run that event and they will be successful and they'll be fine and I will be present. And so being present in our kids' life is so important to me more than it's ever been because I think I lost a little bit of being a mom and being a wife and growing the business. Yeah. And now looking back, I don't regret it, but I don't love it. So moving forward, I want to be more available and there. Good deal. Babe, thanks for being on it. And it was really interesting and exciting for me to be able to interview you because you're always the interviewer. And I don't think we've ever done something like this per se. Yes, we should do it more often. I have a lot more questions and there's a lot more to this cookie. Remember the cookie analogy that I explained earlier? (laughs) Anyways, there's a lot more to this cookie and just so, so much time. There's only so much time. Well, thank you for being on with me today. I appreciate it. And I love you. Yeah. Love you too. 